from Virginia Farm Bureau, this is Cattle Pulse. I'm Elijah Griles, and from Appalachia to the Eastern Shore, we're happy to have you join us on your monthly update on the Virginia feeder cattle markets, the national trends that affect them, and stories of cattle producers around the Commonwealth. Welcome everyone to the December episode of Cattle Pulse. I'm excited to close out 2023 with you all, and I appreciate you joining me each month to talk about the Virginia feeder cattle markets. As we look at today's episode, we're going to have the opportunity to hear from Willie Morris of the Virginia Cattlemen's Association, talk about drought across the state, as well as looking at what direction are we headed in the Virginia feeder cattle markets as we move into 2024. So first, let's check in on the weather. As we look across the state, we see that almost 97% of Virginia ranges from abnormally dry to moderate drought. Now, some rain that we saw Thanksgiving week did help to improve drought situations so that there's no longer any stage three drought in the state as of the recording of this episode. But we have 45.32% of the state in stage two drought or moderate drought, 30.56% in stage one, and 20.41% as abnormally dry. So we're looking ahead to an El Nino weather pattern as we move into the winter that should hopefully give us a higher probability of some above normal precipitation. The NOAA Climate Prediction Center forecast a 40 to 50% probability of above normal temperatures and above normal precipitation in the month of December. So let's talk about some market intel. Since mid-September, the National Feeder Cattle Market and Futures Contracts have taken a substantial downturn, as we all know. This was accelerated by the October cattle on feed report that was larger than expectations and continued bearish news in the November cattle on feed report. While the correction has been larger than generally expected across the industry, I think it's that time of year where it is just hard to build momentum, and I wouldn't be surprised if we do not see a substantial recovery until closer to the end of the first quarter in 2024. Now, this downward trend has been driven by normal seasonal patterns in cattle markets. It's late fall, folks. This is what we should come to expect, but also bearish news from across the USDA reports like cattle on feed and cattle placements. These past few months are why we use price risk management, even during times of high cattle prices. We have talked about livestock risk protection on this show before and interviewed guests related to it, so I'd strongly encourage you to go back and listen uh, to earlier episodes to think about what your price risk management strategy might need to be. There are always going to be market fluctuations and seasonal patterns to manage. Now, since we are at the end of 2023, I just want to talk a little bit about an outlook on 2024. I think the first topic is that the cattle cycle pattern ahead will likely be elongated due to the strong presence of heifers on feed through October of 2023. Also, heifer retention does not appear to be happening in most of the United States. The number of heifers on feed relative to the number of steers is going to need to be substantially lowered 
to see a year-over-year positive change in the beef herd. So when that report comes out January 1st, 2024, we're expecting to see maybe numbers that are about 2.5% lower on our national cattle inventory. Smaller beef breeding herds also will continue to drive calf prices higher and boost returns. So that's good news for our cow-calf folks. This year's returns are unlikely, however, to be high enough to overcome the cost associated with expansion. So over the next two years, though, profits are expected to outweigh the cost. Pasture conditions did improve nationally in 2023, although we have seen significant challenges here in Virginia with the expansive drought. Fortunately, our hay production is still forecast to be up. We talked about that in an earlier episode, but hay costs do continue to remain to be high, although they have fallen from last year's record levels. Interest rates continue to be high, however, and that is a concern for producers and a signal that outright expansion at all costs is still likely cost prohibitive. It will take a building of profits through the next couple of years to prove a level of comfort so that producers are able to rebuild. You know the drill. It's time for the National Feeder Cattle Futures Contract numbers. January was at $210.55, down 11.75% from a month ago. March is at $213.53, down 11.64% from a month ago. And April is at $217.48, down 11.67% from a month ago. We had the opportunity to talk to Willie Morris of the Virginia Cattlemen's Association, They are headed up to Canada in January, great time of year to be up there, for the Ontario Cattle Feeders Association Convention and some tours with producers. Welcome, Willie. Thank you, sir. We talk a lot about the Virginia feeder cattle market, so we'll just touch on that for a few minutes. What have you been seeing across the state and what do you think are some of the major opportunities and challenges as we look into moving into the new year? I think that, that there's always going to be a lot of optimism and opportunity uh, for those that are willing to put in a little extra work uh, to get their cattle into a value-added program. That's a large spectrum, right? So so we can't put everything in a box. I mean, I do believe that the basis needs to be a program that's based around um, the, the vaccination program and the value and the quality of the animals that they're selling. Looking into some different programs, getting getting opportunities to get your cattle in the eyes of people that that can truly utilize their genetic potential and you being a good steward of those animals and and getting their vaccinations done properly. Um, Another thing that I'm very uh, heavily invested in and and a thing that that I uh, truly believe in and an advocate of is, is an identification process. And we need some cattle ID. We need to be able to trace these cattle. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners, Willie. I think those are certainly great opportunities and a consistent theme we've heard across the episodes of this podcast that I've been doing. So always good to hear that being reinforced. I understand that you and some others from the Cattlemen's Association are taking a trip to Canada 
next year. Tell us a little bit about what that looks like. The whole trip to Canada is an, is an opportunity to take uh, the real producers. Um, I've been heavily involved with the Ontario Cattle uh, Feeders Association since 2017. Helped develop a program um, to where there's actually large numbers of Virginia cattle already heading across the border and going into that area. Um, it's important for, for the listeners to know that you think of Canada and you think of a long ways away. But the reality of it is most of these cattle can be landed in the feed yards where they're going to be fed to finish in somewhere between uh, 10 and 12 hours. So it's actually closer than us sending our, our larger vaccinated preconditioned cattle to, to Iowa, to say. And they have a very excellent program. Um, they're very established in that area. And, and the group that I'm actually going to be heading up to take there this year, um, the, their job is uh, to just go and, and understand what the the Ontario Cattle Feeders Association and what the members of that association are actually looking for in their terms of quality, in their terms of what will make them the most money, is that most of the people that will be participating on this trip will be going on a grant from the cattle to the Virginia Cattle Industry Board. And thanks to them, we had this opportunity to take real producers there. We will visit um, hopefully five different farmer feeders and and you have to imagine what we see uh in pennsylvania or in iowa that's a lot of what these guys look like they're farmer feeders uh they feed everything in a barn uh, because of the of the climate and because of the terrain that they live on um so we'll get to see some very small ones much like a you know say 50 to 60 head outfit all the way up to one place that we're, we're locking in on going will have a one-time holding capacity of, of 10,000 head. That sounds like a great opportunity to access a, a totally different market and one that I know is not necessarily uh-huh. on a lot of Virginia cattle producers' minds. In terms of cattle producers that might be listening to this, if they want to get involved in some way, either with Virginia Cattlemen's or specifically starting to market their cattle to some of these Canadian uh-huh. markets, what would be a next step for them? First and foremost, I mean, we we welcome everybody within the state. We are the Virginia Cattlemen's Association, and that doesn't mean that every cattle producer in the state is a member of our association, but we welcome everybody, and we would love to have more participation within our association. The next step in the trade that goes to Canada is, honestly, the realization is that those cattle go over there on, on tractor-trailer lot loads. Find a place where cattle are being commingled to where they're making tractor trailer load lots. As I said earlier, the majority of these cattle are between 700 and 900 pounds. That's the range. So if you can't do that, then find somebody that's backgrounding cattle that's putting them together in preconditioned loads at seven to 900 pounds. Or if you have the capabilities to take them that far, but maybe you don't have any more than, than 25 head getting involved with an association that can co-mingle them and get them into a tractor-trailer load lot is, to me, the most important portion of being able to benefit from the added value that we can see from this trade that we've developed um, in the Canadian market and with the Ontario Cattle Feeders Association. So it sounds like cooperation is going to be a key part. It's absolutely key because... 
very few people can very very few people can can produce enough to sustain it but what happens is the the the, the folks that are the exporters and i think we've got four maybe five now in the state they're always looking well thank you so much for joining us today willie that's some great information and i am excited to share it with our listeners about the opportunities that you all are pursuing. Very good. Thank you, sir. It's time to look at the Virginia feeder cattle auction numbers from November. Let's see where we were at. Abingdon Tri-State was at $208.20 a hundredweight, down 6.56% from last month. Blackstone was at $208.60 a hundredweight, down 8.62% from last month. Lynchburg came in at $215.30, down 4.83% from last month. And Radiant was at $245 a hundredweight, which is down 3.87% from last month. Shenandoah Valley bucked the trend by coming in at $253.50, which is up 9.01% from last month. And Winchester continued the tumble at $245.70 a hundredweight, down 4.41% from last month. Our sixth market average across the state was at $229.40, down 3.2%. Obviously, this is not exciting news as we see these markets weakening moving into December. Two things I want to mention there are first, this data did include the Thanksgiving holiday. So some markets did not have a sale and those that did saw light attendance and light cattle numbers because of that. Secondly, this is a seasonal trend that we see in these five weight steers. We come to expect that November and December are going to be some of our lowest months before we charge into January and February, with February often being the strongest month for these five weight steers across the state. So that's something to bear in mind if you have some animals that you're thinking about selling and are trying to decide whether or not to hold on to them. Now we've come to the end of Cattle Pulse in 2023. I just want to say thank you for joining us. And I'm excited to see what 2024 holds. As always, email us, talk to us, let us know your questions, your comments. For the last time in 2023, this is Elijah Griles with Virginia Farm Bureau. I want to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone out there listening. And we will talk to you next year. <music>